impression again we get all with what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go out and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? And just about kept in. Oh, well, Johnny Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the bar and the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody. Good evening, and you're very welcome to another episode of Treaty Talk. Tom Clancy here alongside Matt O'Callaghan, as ever, to discuss all the ups and downs in Limerick GA this past week. Uh, Matt, we will start with the review of um, overall a disappointing weekend uh, for, for Limerick club sides in hurling. I say that in the fact that two of the three hurling sides uh, exited the Munster Champion chip at their first hurdle uh three sides on the road one of them comes away with a win that being phoenix and media but i suppose when you're looking up at the, the grades we start with senior um napiersig just outfoxed and outsmarted maybe by what is we, we can we can agree probably a, a formidable belly gunner team yeah i agree that it is a formidable belly gunner team I, I think there's no question about that and any vestige of doubt that was about that i think was removed um, ruthlessly last Sunday, but um, having said that, um, I, I am I'm, I'm convinced that we we Napiersik never got going, Tom, as we know that they can because, like you you know the the match statistics are most you know they're not what you'd expect from Napiersik, like um, I, I would say a final tally of one nine, only one two from play, three scorers. That is not the that is not the Napiersik that we know, Tom. You know, it it, it it's it, it's far below it. Now, um, unlike last year, when they were in the ascendancy in the first half, and um, uh, Ballygunner had to pull out all the stops in the second half, this time it was um, Ballygunner like who who really took it up right from the start, and they were they were playing into the breeze. And like they still they still led at half time, um, uh, having played against the breeze seven points to six, I think. And you'd have to say in the second half that, except for the last five minutes, that Napiersik really didn't come to the party. They were dominated and uh, by by in most areas of the field by Bally Gunner, who who were patient and incrementally built up what was a, a formidable lead, but. Um, towards the end there, when Ronan Lynch got two points, one after another, um, at the time it looked a bit harmless, but when Adrian Breen got the goal, it would it was a different story. And and uh, Dahi Dempsey was unlucky not to have got a second one. It, he, he sometimes got it through a forest of players, but um, Stephen O'Keefe was alive to it and saved it. Like it would have been the most dramatic of comebacks, but I, I suppose it would be a comeback that wouldn't have been deserved given the previous 55-odd minutes, because Ballygunner appeared to have done most of the hurling, especially half-time up to that point, where they were, they were, they were really dominant. And because 
by the time that uh, um, Ronan Lynch got the two points, one after another from Freeze, I think they were in about the 20, 56 and 57 minutes. And Piercic had only a point from a free from Ronan Lynch in all that time. Like, it, it, it is so unlike Napiercic, you know, that um, I, I, I thought on the day that Napiercic were very disappointing. I very, very disappointed with themselves, you know, because it was built in many quarters as, you know, almost an all, almost um, um, the winner, a winner take all, Munster Championship in All Ireland nearly, you know, that, that, that was how it was, it was built in advance, but by God, it fell, it fell very, very short of it. It was very, very disappointing from the Limerick champions, but, you know, reflecting on it during the week, um, you would have to say in the Limerick Championship that the Pierce didn't root up any trees, but he just got enough done, you know. And perhaps that 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 the, the, the semi final against Dune was was a really wake up call, and 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 you'd wonder uh, did they take it and um, did they did they heed it because, like, I thought they won the county final, and I think you're of the same opinion, Tom, that. They won the county final rather easily, and you know that I think no matter what Patrick Swell would have thrown at him at the, on the day, that they would have responded, which which gave me the false sense of security, like that there was a much greater, much bigger match in 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 the Pierce, but that was very very flamed. Yeah, and not to take away from Ballygunner, they didn't they didn't play their best either, Matt, did they? But I I'd say that they got an awful lot of joy in clamping down the big players for the piercing. They clamped down Peter Casey. They didn't let Dahi Dempsey get flowing into the game. Kevin Downs was not as influential as he was in the in the in the um the county final. And then at the other end, Desi Hutchinson, I think he ended ended with a point, but early on he had two glorious goal opportunities that on another day, you know, he could have really made the piercing play uh, pay. Like they were Valley Gunner were nearly nearly in the next gear, you know. There was maybe a, probably a gear between them, but there was nearly two and three at times, you know. And I think the, the stat that tells for me, Matt, was 19 minutes. Uh, I think Adrian Breen scored a point from play. Uh, they didn't score again from play until he got a goal in the 50. Was it 59th minute? I mean, that's so that's William too long. got a point in the second minute. Yeah, yeah, but they went that that entire 40 minutes. Yeah, and it it it, it gave me the belief that. But here in the Piercic, you know, they're, they're, they're possibly on fire today, but it was a complete false dawn, you know, a complete yeah. false dawn. And you're right. Um, they, they did to the Piercic what the Piercic did to Patrick Swell. Patrick Swell closed down, or sorry, the Piercic closed down the Patrick Swell big men. Their own big men got closed down on this occasion. Like Mikey Casey had a hands full with Desi Hutchinson, although Mikey played quite well, I thought. And, um, um, I thought Willem who was very good for the Beersheik. Um, but um, you, you know, they closed down Peter Casey, they closed down Kevin Boylan, and they didn't let Connor Boylan influence the game as he normally does. Obviously, they, they had they had their homework done, and the, like they, they arrived in Limerick with a very impressed account of having just conceded two goals in, in the championship to date. All right, now that, that was increased by 50% with Adrian Green's strike, but it will give you an idea that it's a very well-organized defense. And looking at them, they were they were you could see why they didn't concede goals. They were tight, well-organized, and above all, disciplined. 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Ronan Lynch got um, seven points from uh, from place balls. I think one was a 65, but, um, you, you know, they, 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 like some of them were quite long frees, but you had you had a defence like that everybody seemed to know them and they set out with a plan and executed it to perfection. Yeah, and, and I must also remember in the first half, there was a stage of four and five shots in a row from the Piercy Gall, little half blocks on them, or they went short, or they just went agonizingly wide, and it just did, they just didn't get that energy then from, you know, you, you get a run of scores, and, and sometimes you can you can kind of, you can put the foot on the gas. It just never never really clicked for the, the Cardabba men, and I think Shannon O'Neill was of that. No, no, and they'll be hugely disappointed for a second year in a row to have gone out to... to um. Um, to um, Ballygunner, but you you must remember, and I'm not offering this as an excuse, that for the key players on the Napierce team, and I'm talking about the Cases, and I'm talking about the Winnemore Dunahoo's and the Connor Boylan's, it has been a huge, long, intense season. If you go back to the Allianz Hurling League, right through the Munster and all Ireland Championship, and almost immediately into defending their county title. Like, like there's a limit to human endurance, Tom. You know, and um, um, maybe maybe it was just a bridge too far. And but you you know that is not to detract from Barry Gunner and the fact that they set out um, to negate the threat and um, of 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 Napierschik's main players. Yeah, yeah. So Barry Gunner into the final against Clanlara, and that's fixed for. Turles, uh, next. Well, so it's going to be uh, about eight or nine days' time from from when uh, people see this podcast. Matt, we go down the grades. I was uh, lucky enough to be in Carfin on uh, Sunday afternoon. I made the dash, a dash out there, and this is what uh, I think these lower grades in Munster were brought in a hometown feel for Carfin. Unfortunately, they got the better of Drummond at Lacka by four points, but great atmosphere, real old-fashioned hurling, if you like. A lot of direct ball, a lot of you know, rocks and a lot of even some ground stroking that we have, we're not too familiar with anymore. But unfortunately, Drummond just couldn't get it done, led superbly as ever by by uh, David Reedy in terms of scoring and in terms of, you know, general play. Um, just didn't happen for them. They lost their captain early on to an injury, had to bring Keane Scully in, who maybe didn't have, you know, 55, 60 minutes, 60 minutes in him. Um, just it didn't go, didn't go for them. They got it back to a point and then, a hammer blow of a goal for for Corofin. Um They were probably thinking they could emulate what Mona Lean had done last year in terms of winning this grade. But the intermediate championship in Munster has proven a difficult task for Limerick side and indeed other other counties too. And you know, I've just a little bit too much uh, to go away for to go away to Corofin and get the win for for Drummond. Yeah, no, I, obviously you had the advantage of being there. I I, I wasn't there and. I'm I'm therefore reliant on hearsay. But my first observation, Tom, from listening to what you've said there and from reading the match report, and um, it's something that I've hammered on all this year, is the loss of Peter Ryan. Peter Ryan has been absolutely an outstanding captain for Drummond Atlacca right throughout the campaign. And to lose your captain after two minutes, you're away from home, conditions are difficult. You know, your task were more has difficult become all the greater. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. They were more than difficult. I can tell you, anyone who's seen the highlights or, or even watched it live, sideways rain at, for two or three different times during the game. But I tell you, I like I, 
I love complimenting players when they play well in those conditions. Both teams stood up to it. Like, I mean, it was, I was getting wet in the stand. I was in under a stand and I was getting wet. Such was the, the, the angle of the rain. That's how, how, how much wind and rain there was there. And but you mentioned Peter Ryan, the last Peter Ryan, I think he had his hamstring taped or, you know, this new, new, new technology for like for taping the hamstrings. He obviously carried a knock coming into the game. He tried it out and it was just a pity for him that he couldn't even get. 25 half an hour out of it. It was just, as you said, two, two, three minutes he hits today. Yeah. And it's gone. Just a hammer blow. It was blow huge for, for Drummond like Now you would say, in normal circumstances, Peter Ryan goes out. You have a player of the calibre of Keane Scully to come in. But Keane Scully has only played 10 minutes of competitive action before last Sunday. Yeah. You know? And then that's the that's the unfortunate thing about it. Like, and it was a huge boost to Drummond and Lackett to see him coming on in the county final and to think that he'd be available if called upon for the Munster Championship. But like, you know, whatever plans Jer Hickey and his management team had going to Carafin, one plan that they certainly hoped they wouldn't have is to replace that captain inside 120 seconds, which they had to do. You know, because especially he, he'd been so influential all the year. Like, Peter Ryan has been absolutely outstanding right through the campaign. Yeah. He has, yeah. And uh, um, I'm not offering it as, as an excuse, but it, it was a difficult task that was handed to Drummond at Lacka. You know, as I said, going down to Carafin, tough place to go. That's, I would bet my life that none of the Drummond at Lacka players saw the place before. Not a mind playing there, you know, so... Uh, home advantage, winter conditions. Crucial. Yeah. Crucial. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to compliment some of the players for, I, I think young Daniel Scully stepped up. He got two fine points for um for for his side. I think Jack Fitzgibbon chipped in as well. That they didn't go hiding. It just didn't click for them the way maybe it did in the county final. David Breen, you know, he was extremely well marshaled. I think the full back for Curfin, yeah, his name here, uh, Killian O'Connor, very very tenacious tight defender and. Just that, you know, that sec extra second or two that he would have got uh, at times in, in other games during the year. He just couldn't get it on, on this day. And small margins, Matt, four points might seem like, you know, it looked comfortable for Curafin, but I can tell you they were they were far from comfortable. And Drummond, look, they'll, they'll rue this one. They'll rue the last, but I think the they, ultimate... They, they, ultimate... They, they certainly will. They certainly will, you know. And um, it's a competition like that, that, that they had a very good relationship with in that in previous incursions into the competition, like that they reached the final on two occasions in, in the noughties, like so. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is something that the club has experience of. And um, like, but it's a disappointing end. And just mentioning David Breen, like um, no matter what happened in NSRR in Carafin, or no matter what happens for the rest of his life, his name is going to be etched in the annals of, of Drummond Attack or Hurling for that vital point he got in the county final. Absolutely, not to mention the goal he got earlier in the piece as well. Uh, so Drummond, yeah. back to senior, their, their year is done. They can recharge now, regroup and, and start planning for, for senior hurling in 2024. Yeah, and then um, wish, wish Keane Scully the best of luck to get back to full fitness. You know, I, I suppose it was a tall order to expect him to be back to full fitness um, because I understood like that he kind of prematurely got the all clear to play a part in the county final. So Look, the break is going to do him good. Look, I've said this numerous times. No matter what teams are playing, be it inter-county or be it club, Tom, you want to see your best players out on the field on big days. Yeah. You wish Keane the best of luck to get back as quick Absolutely, as possible yeah. to full fitness. 
and indeed uh, Peter Ryan with his uh, hamstring problem. And, and, problem and, and Peter. Hopefully, uh, like it will Peter, 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 senior. Peter and James Kelleher, the goalkeeper, are throwbacks to the last time the Drummond and Laka were senior. Yeah. So, like, was, their, yeah, their experience in the dressing room the coming year will be hugely important. Absolutely, yeah. So they'll they'll build towards that, and uh, looking forward, I'm sure, already for them to maybe late July, early August, or whenever it falls next year for round one of the Group Two in the Senior Hurling Championship. Matt, uh, a day previous on Saturday, we had Vina Kilmeady uh, playing the banner. It's not, it's a rare occasion, maybe in this competition, that two teams who are not county champions meet. But we had that we had that pairing, uh, the banner of of Ennis, it's smaller, the smaller of the clubs in Ennis, obviously of Air Oak, but the banner a more a more recent uh farm club. They they previously had lost to St. Kieran's at the same stage twelve months ago. Um and and Fina kept the West the West awake again. They they in a very tight game, pulled away and, and won by four points. Some superb scores to win that one. I was able to catch some of the, the clips there online as well. Uh, great for FINA after losing two county finals. We spoke about it last week. Could they lift themselves? And I can tell you, they lifted themselves and they lowered the banner. Simple as that. <laughs> so, great yeah, win. Um, forget, about, forget about the match. Forget about the hurling for a minute and focus on, you know, uh, the job that uh, that um, uh, Tony Long, Mark Keane and Neil Servan and those that are involved, or Willem Ervin that are involved, with the management team, the job they had done in lifting the lads, you can just imagine you lose the hurling final in on, on penalties and then you go on and you lose the final and suddenly your world has collapsed around you. But by God, did they lift it. And um, I, you know, I've been hearing all year and I hadn't the opportunity to see him through the Limerick Championship because of the whole congestion of fixtures that we have. But that's a debate for another day. But... Um, all the vibes about him, all the narratives about him was very, very positive. And it was played out in front of us in his son on Saturday. Like it was a pleasure to be there to see how they went about the job. Now, I thought the intensity in the first half um, left a bit to be desired. Banner got off to a flying start. Shane Meehan, inter-county man, their, their, their marquee player, he had a point up in 10 seconds, literally from the throwing. Niall Walsh made it two points and you were beginning to say, beginning to scratch your head and and um, say, gosh, you know, how well up are, are FINA for this? Dermot Coleman presided, provided us with the answer and I'll be elaborating about him later, but he three points and suddenly they were in the lead. But it was tit for tat through the first half and it ended at halftime at 10 points apiece. Now, um, I could sum it up in the second half because they enjoyed a level of superiority, uh, Fina Kilmeady did, without putting the banner away. And the banner were right in touch, right up to the finish. And um, when 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 they, um, Fina Kilmeady got those extra points, even Niall Walsh got a point at the start of, uh, the, the, the start of extra time of three or four minutes or whatever it was, uh, and and um, he, he brought it down to a goal, but from the puck out, Morris Fitzgerald, uh, sorry, Morris Fitzgibbon, he's the team captain. He cut a superb ball off the air, broke in behind the defence, and put over the insurance point. But
And Tom, what, what, what about Dermot Coleman? Um, this guy is the nearest thing to a scoring machine that I've seen. Um, uh, 13 points out of 20. Absolutely incredible. Some some great scores from players. Well, on unerring from players' balls. And what an important part of the team he is. Um, he absolutely fantastic game on 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 um, on um, Saturday. Yeah. And speaking with Matt Keane after he 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 just um, enlightened us that it was nothing more than what he has been doing all year that has that has has brought Dermot Coleman so far. So uh, has brought Phoenix Midi so far. So um, hats off there to, to to Dermot Coleman and absolutely excellent performance. Yeah, they, they moved to a final now, Matt. And look, uh, the history books will show Cork sides have dominated this this great. Uh, they're playing St. Catherine's, isn't it, of, of Cork uh, in Mallow on, on Sunday week. That's the, the first Sunday in, in December. Uh, or so Saturday, Saturday week, or Sunday, actually. Saturday, apologies. Saturday, yeah. That's the first Saturday in December. But the, the, the history books will show, I'm just looking at it here, Bally Gibbon have won the last two. Uh, Russell Rovers of Cork, uh, Cloudov. Uh, so go back to 2017 before anyone else outside of Cork has won this this grade uh, in Munster. And for Limerick, you have to go back as far as 2009 and the great Black Rock team. Black Rock team. It, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a tall order for them to to defeat the Cork champions. But that said, but, they've they've but obviously, that, they've obviously that, been Black building Rock quite beat well. The Cork champions for my in the final. Yes, so it, it can be done. It can be done, yeah. So, so look, I, they, they... I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm certainly not excluding it in my thoughts that that Phoenix and Media can do it, you know. No, but yeah. we, and we'll be talking about it in a minute. Now, the only thing is between this and then, there's the little matter of a monster football semi-final to be navigated, and there's yeah. also uh, there's also worry for Phoenix and Media as well in that John O'Gorman, who got two exquisite points, Tom, and on, on on Saturday. He he picked up a knock and had to leave the field. Now he he he, he you know um he, is he going to be fit for the football? And if he's fit, does he play or do they risk him or what's the story? It's it's a bit a bit of an, a bit of a conundrum, but I'm sure that um that Phoenix and Media will be focusing and sure in, in in ensuring that John Garman is fit for the holding final. He's such a he's such a key player, very 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 good player. Um, as I said, he got two exquisite points and very, very experienced player. And that's that's what you want to be taking into big days, people with, with loads of experience. And and John O'Gorman certainly has that. Played in a county football final with Trump Colour Bradford in 2016. Yeah, so, it's so you, 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 that, that will give you a, a sense of of the, the, the level of big game experience that he has. Yeah, so there'll be... I suppose checking up on his fitness and yeah, as Matt says, probably trying to weigh it up. Do they risk him for the football or do they just uh, you know build it all towards uh, tilt at uh, the Munster hurling uh, junior the junior hurling championship? Uh, Matt switching codes ever so slightly anyway to towards Camogie. Disappointment on Lee side for for Newcastle West. Uh, I can see you shaking her head there already. Uh, beaten by by a point by Sarsfields of of Cork uh, in. Um, on uh, trying to get the name of the venue there in Cork. Sorry, it's escaping me here. Castle Road, uh, Castle Road. Castle Road, Castle Road, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, real, real uh, familiar place for lots, lots of different codes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. And um, beaten there. Now, 
a small amount of controversy and look far for us to be pontificating about referees, but there was very little injury time played in this game. Now, I haven't seen the game in full. Newcastle West got a goal, I'm led to believe, to bring it back within touching distance. And lo and behold, the game is over when, in the normal course of things, they should have at least had another play, we would assume, if not, perhaps more, given subs and injuries and everything in the second half. There was only 42 or three seconds played in the second half, which, you know, yeah. very hard to fathom that that would be the only amount of stoppage time that a referee could accumulate over 30 minutes in the second half. Yeah, that's why I'm shaking my head, and that's why I initially shook my head when you drew down the subject, because... Certainly, the, the, the Newcastle West girls left everything in Cork on 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 Sunday, and um, it certainly wasn't the right way for a game to end, in my opinion. They were trailing by a goal. Um, Carnoleri um, raided down the right, put it into the middle, and Mayvan Ambrose um, was there to finish it to the net exactly to the second on the hour. And by the time the puck out arrived, I timed it. It was in the 42nd second, 40, after 42 seconds after the hour, the referee blew the final whistle. So is that the same now, after I, it, took that, it took that long for the puck out to be taken as well? It took. Well, yeah, the, the, the ball was put in the net by the time the ball was picked back up again. And you, you, you know the shenanigans that go on with the puck out when it is tight. Now, I don't have to tell you, Tom, but... Yes, um, but that seems excessive amount of time to be allowing a goalkeeper to... 42 seconds, I, I, I cannot for the life of me understand it. And, and um, I'll tell you, had, 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 had there been another player and perchance had, had Newcastle West got a point and forced it, forced it to extra time, it, it would have been nothing more than that they, they deserve. No, Roisin Ambrose, our Limerick football captain, you remember she got six points from playing the county final. Roshi went in with a hamstring injury, you know, and, and, and she was clearly impeded in it. And uh, she got a point, but um, she was really, really, really very far from herself. It, it, there was no doubt the injury impeded her. And she came off with with, um, with um, 15 minutes to go. And because Maeve Ambrose went down for her and she got the goal. But um, Roisin was a big loss but you know they're big players now Shauna Tobin was another player that was absent from the county final um, because um, she, she's gone abroad since the county final so they had to do a bit of rejigging in, in, in defence Laura Walsh went back into the full back line Ellie, Ellie Wolf came into the half back line and Lily Duggan came in up front um, uh, overall um, fantastic performance by Newcastle West in my opinion and also, in my opinion, totally overshadowed by the circumstances in which the game ended. Hmm. Because there should have been at least another player. Look, Salisfields may have got another may have got another goal. We don't know. But at least that Newcastle West had that opportunity. Like that, that uh, there is no second half in the world with substitutes and everything. But there's only 42 seconds of extra time. Yeah. Well, when you consider that Rosh, that Rosh and Ambrose would have limped out of the game midway through the half, that's one sub. I, I don't know the finer details. That's one sub no, alone. There was, that's, there was, that's going to take I, I, I think it was three seconds. subs. I think subs. Where, um, Newcastle put on two subs. Uh, yeah, two subs. And Sarsfields put on one sub. That was that was it. But that, 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 that would equate to two minutes anyway of additional time. 
Yeah, at the absolute minimum, you know? that's a, that's going to take a minute. Like so, um, minimum, yeah. very, very disappointing. Now, the referee had probably his own reasons, probably felt that, you know, time was up, time this was up, it. Yeah. But um, um, from a Newcastle West point of view, um, having given the performance that they that they gave, um, a very disappointing way to go out. And, um, like, there was three points down at halftime. Cameron Leary got a goal after halftime, Um it's a well worked goal. Um, they, they had a couple of shots that, that came to nothing and eventually broke out to Kate Foley, who I thought, um, who, who this week has been named in, in the Limerick minor squad, who I thought had a fantastic game. Now, Cameron Leary was outstanding. Rebecca DeLee was outstanding. You know, their big players stood up, but Kate Foley was one that caught the eye with me. I thought she was extremely busy and a very good. You know, and August, she mid, was midfield with the Limerick Miners beaten in the All-Ireland Final last year, you will recall, but she's eligible for Minor again this year, which is a huge plus to Paul Neen and his his management team. But, you know, full marks to, 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 to um, Newcastle West. They went out of the championship with that heads high, you know, with the whole performance and everything in my opinion. And I don't think tainted is the right word overshadowed I'd say is, by, by, is the word because if you get a goal Tom in that stage of a game you're four points down you get a goal momentum is then with you you know um, but they, we didn't get the opportunity to see whether it was with Newcastle West or not but um, it is what it is now but they go up with their heads held high but um, really really commiserations and disappointed with Newcastle West and for Newcastle West yeah, and uh, maybe it augurs well though for, for Limerick that there's definitely some youngsters coming through uh, that, you know, that maybe we won't hang our hats on them, but we'll be certainly looking forward to seeing them in the green of Limerick um, in years to come. And of course, the older players continuing to churn out uh, great performances. Uh, Matt, the, the lower grades, uh, the lower team in Monlean and the in Limerick Intermediate Champions playing in the, the Munster Junior um, edition of this competition had a fine win over Butlerstown in fairness to you, Matt. You don't always get your predictions right, but I think you were saying to me last week that they were going to have too much for uh, Butlerstown of Waterford. Three sixteen to nine points in Ballygrand uh, sounded like they were very much uh, dominant for the for the duration of this one. I, uh, um, I I've seen this team and um, I've seen them in each of the last couple of years, and uh, I, I've been hugely impressed with them, uh, Tom. They're 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 a very very young team, but them. Um, they, 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 they've got an awful lot of players, an awful lot of players that um, that have worn the Limerick jersey, you know, at different grades. Like him, I referenced the minor team there a while ago, and I think the seven from Monlean in the minor squad for 2024, including Kira Buckley, who was on the the, the All Ireland final team of this year, and um, you you Kriva Lyons, Ellie Hessian, um, Ethan Elligan, you know, real. That have represented the county, you know, if an elegant has played at senior level like Quiva Lines, um, I was hugely impressed with them in the county final, um, when they beat Croke Kilfinney, um, that day in Ballygrand. Um, you know, I thought they looked really, really, really good, and um, they've, they've you know, the, the, the Limerick Intermediate Champions, um, participate in the intermediate in the Munster Junior Championship. Um, I don't know for how long more that will be if if um, if um, uh, and obviously they will be looking to follow in the foot foot footsteps 
and on the track and the track beaten by by there last year who you know who went on to the all Ireland semi-final won the monster championship and um i would be um i i'm pretty confident they're playing st joseph's dura bearfield in the final in the rag in Tullis. um or it's not in Tullis, it's just outside Tullis and yeah. um uh, at two o'clock on saturday and tom i I hate using the word sure, but I, I am pretty confident that they will be very, very hard to beat. Yeah, well, if they can bring the level of performance that they, they brought uh, last weekend, uh, I'm sure they'll be there, thereabouts against uh, Clareside, uh, St. Joseph's, Tour Barefoot. So best wishes to Monoline in that Munster Junior Camogie final this weekend. Matt, we'll just flip back to hurling now because I suppose we were... We recorded just ahead of last weekend's uh, All-Stars announcement and indeed ceremony. It was was late Wednesday when we were speaking last on this and it was early Thursday when they were announced and then of course the ceremony Friday which uh, we had uh, the, I suppose the, the the least surprising hurler of the year for many a year was uh, Aaron Galan scooping that gun. Matt, another seven awards for Limerick and look people will, will debate these uh, up and down the country and we, we may do so ourselves here but we were at a time in Limerick hurling Matt where we would be lucky to get seven guys nominated now we are disappointed when we get seven all-stars and maybe we think we have case for eight nine and ten it's it's just a superb reflection on Limerick hurling that that's where we are now and obviously we've the hurler of the year again <laughs> for the fourth season in a row which has never been done uh before Limerick the first county to do that so uh if you're looking at it positively it's 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 more recognition for this great great team yeah, Tom, I agonised quite a bit during the week in anticipation of your question about the All-Stars as to whether I I would get involved in the debate um, or not because um, uh, I think my views on the, the, the All-Stars are, are pretty well known and um, um, like my negative view on the All-Stars, um, if anything, has, has been reinforced this year. Um, you know, you, you you take a broad you take a broad statistic, and I think I pointed this statistic to you off air before we came on. Um, Limerick won the the national hurling league, the Allens hurling league final, pulling up against Kilkenny. They won the All Ireland final against Kilkenny by nine points. That to me um, spells that there's a gap, not only a gap, but a chasm between Limerick and, and Kilkenny. Limerick gets seven All-Stars, Kilkenny get five, including one, two, and three. I just don't get the, the rationale of it. I don't get the rationale of Owen Murphy getting in ahead of Nicky Quaid. I, I do not get the rationale of, of um, Barry Nash being omitted. Do not get the rationale of Peter Casey, man of the match, the All-Ireland final not being included mm. so you, you you can see where my skepticism is growing about about the whole system of the all-stars and i think for a team that has just completed four in a row this has only been done twice before in history um uh, seven all-stars is a paltry return is there a case, Matt, that's to be what, made that's for? What I have to say. That's what I have to say on the All Stars. Yeah, without uh, going going in for another half an hour, is there a case to be made for that they need to lay out the rationale of how these are selected into the future? Because it seemed a few oh, years ago, 
if I can if I can explain this now, they seemed a few years ago that there seemed to be an awful lot of waiting on the semi-finals and finals, right? Yet, as you say there, rightly say there, Peter Casey is man of the award is man of the match in the final. Was at five or six points from play, and he doesn't get one. So there seems to be less waiting on the final then. And then before, of course, there used to be waiting on the league. That now seems to have been completely dismissed. Now maybe that's more a historic thing that the league obviously carried a bit more weight as it was anyway. But that seems to have gone out the window. We're not sure where where some of these these things lie. And look, the point about the Kenny Rearguard. Oh, Murphy, Mikey Butler, you, you Lawler, look, we won't begrudge them, they're all-stars by no means, but yeah. they were in a defence that in the All-Ireland final conceded 30 points now, of course, not all down to them, but they're part of a, a systems failure, as it were, or they were completely overwhelmed by Limerick. They also conceded four goals, I think, against uh, Wexford, they also conceded four goals against Antrim, uh, they conceded a couple of goals in the Leinster final. You know, it's not like they were a watertight unit all year, it's, it's fair safe to say, yes, they didn't concede any goals in the All-Ireland final, but they didn't have to. Limerick, you know, cut them down from many, many different angles, including Peter Casey, who was, you know, in that Limerick inside forward line for, for much of that contest. So it's kind of, you know, you can pick goals in everywhere, but it's there's probably it probably needs to be laid down that what weighting they're putting on the league, if any, what weighting they're putting on the Munster Championship, if any, or the Provincials, if anything, and then are the semis and finals counted doubly or, or, or at all? How, how are they looking at it, you know? It would be nice if we knew... I agree with you totally. The rationale behind the decisions need to be laid bare in the interest of transparency. Mm. Because negative debate now, and you must remember that debate for the most part on the All-Stars has been negative. Now, some of that is born out of parochialism. Yes. You know? Yeah. But, but if you look at it in the cold light of day, Tom, um, um, the disregarding county loyalties and county affiliations, you know, there, there, there are questions to be answered. Mm. Now I see yeah. a list of the people that have been um, that have been tasked with select, uh, selecting the All Stars in hurling and in football. But we need to know the rationale behind the decisions. Certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. Like Limerick got twelve All Stars in 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 twenty twenty one. They should have got fifteen. I suppose after their performance in the All Ireland final, I have an awful feeling there was probably potential behind the scenes there that there was maybe we can't be given any county, you know, the best part of the, the whole team. Uh, you know, twelve was probably viewed as too many outside of Limerick. Now, look, I suppose that's a lot of people felt that Limerick were so good that season uh, against everyone and in every game that they could they had case for all fifteen, of course, um, but. Well, you know, maybe, maybe it, it, the system is broken it, it in, was, in some ways. It was an opportunity for those people to recognise greatness, and they 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 passed on it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was one man who was uh, I think nailed on from a long, long way out uh, for for his uh, award, indeed All Star, and and earlier year it's Aaron Gillan Patrick's. Well, Matt, it's 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 first of all, as I said at the start there about talking about All Stars, it seems bizarre that we've come so far in Limerick curling that we're picking up so many All Stars and. Maybe, you know, we thought we'd get more or whatever. But three All-Stars from the one club, from three different players in a row. I mean, like, that sentence just seems to go on forever. Three All-Stars, three different players, three different lines of the field, whatever way you look at it, three different guys. It's crazy. Obviously, uh, that's namely Keen Lynch in 2021, uh, Dermot Burns 2022, and now Aaron Galland 2023. It's 
in fairness, we must tip our hats to those and Patrick Swell and, of course, to the three lads and, and indeed Aaron this year for their successes. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal, but you're talking about three special players. And we've said it time out of mind. Whenever we reference Patrick Swell, we're talking about them being dubbed the big three, you know, and that, that is for a reason. And um, certainly they, they have been the most worthy hollers of the year you know, that, that you could imagine. And like you said at the very outset, the best kept secret, I suppose, um, or the worst kept secret um, all year since the championship ended was that Adam Galan was going to be Huller of the Year. Like, there wasn't a question on that. Happiest congratulations to Adam and to his family and everybody connected with him and to Patrick's well. But there wasn't a question on earth about it, Tom. Yeah. Angeland during um during um uh, twenty twenty three was he was he was unplayable basically. You know, yeah. he was simply magnificent and some of the scores that he got and some of the things that he did were they were really, really off the charts. He, you know, he put on the performance that only very special players can do, you know, yeah. and he is an absolute worthy recipient of, 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 of Player of the Year. No question about it. Absolutely, an absolutely fantastic year by Angelan and is suitably rewarded with, with, with the Hurler of the Year. I, yeah, I think uh, there's no apologies to anybody for it. No, definitely not. I think a goal in the, the Munster final, two goals in the All Ireland semi final, and then, you know, he contributed as well in, in the final, no goal on that occasion, but uh, certainly didn't have a, a bad performance. And, and this is a man who, I suppose, belatedly joined the panel uh, in the year, you know, just uh, out, out of it for a start, but didn't, didn't hit the ground running when he came in, in late in the National League and uh, continued it right through. So congratulations to Aaron and indeed the, the uh, seven Limerick, seven Limerick All-Stars. Absolutely. Also, congratulations to the lads. And ab 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 absolutely, it's, it doesn't happen very often, but we should note it. Um, to sell them enough that you see brothers being named on the one team. Yeah. So Dan congratulations Martin, to the Morrissey yeah. brothers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think uh, we could rule out them getting another two in the same year again in the near future. So we'll we'll watch that one and see. So that's the 2023 All-Stars. So coming back to Shannon's side, that Matt, we'll, we'll switch codes now, firmly switching codes this time. Uh, oh, we'll, check, we'll move on from the uptown. We'll move on from the All-Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the football uh, weekend coming. Uh, it's provincial action. Two games down for decision. Unfortunately, of course, Newcastle West bowed out a couple of weeks ago. So it's down to uh, the teams beneath them in the terms of intermediate and junior. Uh, Mungard St. Paul's will face Ron Moore of Watford on Sunday. That's uh, has a one thirty throw in. That is on Munster GA TV. Matt, the county final in some ways is hard to gauge where Mungard St. Paul's are at in relation to maybe their peak because of the conditions and all that. But I have a feeling they'll be very confident going down to Watford with the panel they have. They have their juniors now that they can use whichever ones they want. They can they can dip down to them if they need. They can, you know, flex their muscle as it were. They have a fair chance, Matt. I think here of of uh, of getting a victory on Shoreside. Yeah, where are they at? You're wondering. I can tell you in a good place. That that's where they're at, um, because like they were, you know, the the conditions militated against um 
against the type of play that they that they that they were doing through the championship in in the county final but they still adapted to it and got over the game and and won it rather comfortably and were it not for two great saves at the end like um uh, by the from color goalkeeper the the you know the margin would would have been much greater i i would be pretty confident that the uh, um Mungret St Pauls if they bring their county championship forum with them to um to Walsh Park on, on Sunday, um, that they are capable of winning. Um, you mentioned their junior team there, and they go in a very, very strong position in that, you know, um, and that they're heading into senior championship next year. And, like, you know, um, in, ma- in many ways, it, this may be a kind of a pre-audition for, for senior football and how, how, how they will match up with senior football. But... Um, fellas on the intermediate panel in, in Mungret have to look over their shoulders because there's an extraordinary good junior A team coming up behind them that won the, won the county championship. And that, that there are some players on that team that I wondered when I saw them playing in county final why they weren't playing at a higher level. And the answer is because Mungret have, have players that are, that are of a higher level. That's, that's the answer. And I think that they're in a strong position. Now, Ron Moore have a bit of experience and a bit of history in this competition. Um, this is the second year in a row that they're in the competition. They were beaten by Nipirsic in the first round or in the quarterfinal last year. But there was a, a revamp of the championships in Waterford this year. And there was the introduction of a premier, um, a premier intermediate football championship. So rather than being promoted senior uh, uh, at the end of winning the Intermediate Championship last year, Ron Moore were promoted to Premier Intermediate Championship. And they won it. Yeah. They beat Rat Cormac, Rat Cormac in the final. Um, so they, they, they will have a bit of experience now. They, they, they have a game played in the championship against Grange, Mockler, um, Barry Neal, and I think of the Tipperary champions. And I think they needed extra time before they won it, I think, um, something like 3, 10 to 16 points. Now, they will have home advantage. It may count for something, but not a lot. But, uh, Tom, I, I, I'd be pretty, I, I'd be more than hopeful that when we'll be talking next week, we'll, we, we'll, um, we, we, we'll be looking forward to um, um, Mungret St. Paul's looking forward to a provincial final against either Kilnamatra or uh, Milltown Castle Main. Yeah, uh, you'll see that it was indeed a 310 to 16 point victory to get Rome more to this stage. And uh, Mungert St. Paul's will, as you say, face them on Sunday in Walsh Park. So maybe the, the Walsh Park is a superb surface, as we know, and maybe that will suit Mungert. They're very, very, very yeah, like, side. And you know, you, you can talk about the advantage of the game and um, talking to Pat Ranahan, who is, uh, who is the, who's the Mungret St. Paul's coach, immediately after their beating from Colher Broadford. And he saw the break of three weeks as an advantage. Hmm. You know, clear up knocks and I'd say work on a few things that they had seen in the county final that mightn't be up to queue. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I fancy Mungret, I, I have to say, to get through. Yeah, and they'll be hoping to book a final place, which is uh, to be held the 9th or 10th of December. Matt, we go down a grade, and uh, it's our friends in FINA again. Uh, not not once, but twice, of course, uh, beaten in county finals, but they go on to represent Limerick in those respective competitions at provincial level. 
Uh, they face Kilmurray uh, of Cork this on Saturday afternoon. I'll be on the, on the microphone there myself for Munster GATV. It has a 130 throw in, in Cloud Dove, uh, which is just as you head towards West Cork. Uh, Matt, they'll be up against it, I'm sure, against a side. And then there's another side that have experience at this level. We mentioned Roe Moore's experience in Kilmurray. I think were, were they beaten? They were, yes, they were. They were beaten in last year's uh, Munster Junior Football Final. So they'll they'll have a, a fair bit of experience at this level. But Maybe there's a pep and Fina step now after winning the hurling last weekend. Yeah, um, they'd, they'd, they'd certainly get a boost from the hurling, but um, they're, they're, they're in a bit of a dilemma, Tom, you know, um, and they're in a dilemma because of the amount of, of a crossover of, of dual players, in other words. And um, I already mentioned in the context of reviewing the hurling game that they, that they lost them. Um, to um, you know that they, they, they lost John O'Gorman, but John O'Gorman would be one of their key footballers now. Um, whether whether he's going to be fit for Saturday or not, I don't know. And if he's fit, do they risk him and you know endanger him again for the hurling? Like that's obviously a decision for the for the Phoenix Media management. Now, it it um, Phoenix Media were pretty impressive through the Limerick Championship. They lost just one game, and that game was was. Um, Sorry, the last two games, but the two games were to Newcastle West. They lost in the group stage, round five, and then they lost in the they lost in the and in, in the county final. And um, like they they've made huge progress. Like it was in 2013 that they won the <coughs> won the Junior B Football Championship in Limerick. <coughs> didn't get on very well in Junior A in 2014. Didn't lapse for three or four years. Reformed and came in and. And won won the junior A, and um, now now you know we're on the threshold of win, winning the Premier Championship. So they're making very very good progress. But like it's it's a huge task. We're into the depths of winter now, and you're asking enough enough a lot of dual players to go Saturday Saturday Saturday. You know. So um, look, I, I, you know, call a spade a spade. There's no sugarcoating it, and um, it's going to be difficult for Phoenix Media. Yeah. You know, and um, I just wonder, um, obviously, I hope, uh, but they, they, I think they will have to find a very special performance if, if they are to get through to a second final. Because um, these guys from Kilmurray, as you said, have that bit of experience, plus the fact that they, they had a game in the championship already um, in which yeah. they, they, they had a big win over Tipperary champion Sean Tracy's. So that will give them a feel for it for this year of, at, at, at intermediate level. Um, or at, you know, but I, I'm sorry, at junior level. Um, I, I think it's going to be difficult, uh, Tom, for Phoenix Media. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, it's very hard to disagree with that. And Kilmurray beaten in Asher's decider by Fossa. So uh, they had the Cliffords mm -hmm. to deal with in that occasion. They're, they're trying to go, obviously, one better this time around. But Fina will stand in their way Saturday and look, it's uh, it's a novel day out for the club, uh, Munster Club Championship action. So I'm sure they'll they'll enjoy it nonetheless and, and they obviously they have the, the, the safety net of a of a hurling decider to look forward to. So maybe there's a bit of a, a bit of freeness to them and, and give it a crack. Uh as I said, those 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 two games, one on Saturday, one on Sunday on Munster J T V, one thirty on each afternoon. So if you can't make it, you can definitely tune in. And uh, enjoy those games, Matt. Uh, before we kind of touch off here, there's a couple of announcements anyway. 
Uh, first of all, just to touch again on David Byrne, Limerick, uh, Limerick journalist, his uh, report or his book, Game of My Life, will be launching this weekend in Castletroy in the Talking Tree, uh, Talking Leaves, uh, sorry, bookshop in Castletroy Shopping Centre. So uh, do get along for that. But that book is available to order online. Superb book, uh, reminiscing about some of the great games of Limerick Club and indeed uh, Intercounty down the years from some of the great stars of yesteryear. And even some of the current stars in it, such as uh, I know uh, Mike Casey is on the cover there. You've Brian Bigley going back the way, and something we discussed a few weeks ago. So a great book there, great stuff to fill our head of Christmas. So best of luck to David with, with that book. And Matt, you were uh, a guest of honor, MC, whatever it was. You were uh, you were out with the Masters last weekend um, in the Woodlands House Hotel. They were celebrating their Spirit Cup success in their their maiden season in the Masters football. Championship and uh, you, uh, by all accounts, a very enjoyable evening in the Woodlands. Yeah, very enjoyable evening. I don't know about guest of honor, but um, um, a very, a very, very enjoyable evening. Um, all the players were there except three. Um, John Pat Sheridan of um, chairperson of the National Gaelic Masters was 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 the guest of honor, um, and along with him was Sean Horgan of the National. Gaelic Masters, Sean Horgan from Cork. Um, all the lads were there except three that were unavoidably absent. And, you know, they were. it was a very, very pleasant evening. Um, uh, John Pat Sheridan gave a very nice address, as did Joe Mulcahy, um, who's the chairperson of Limerick Gaelic Masters and um, who was one of the driving forces and spearheading this, um, along with Liam Mulcahy, Damien Mullally, Marty Stokes were sort of the men behind the, the, the venture. Um, but um, it, it was a lovely evening. They were presented with their medals. Morris O'Connor made presentation, made Morris O'Connor, who was an excellent captain throughout, um, made presentations to the um, uh, to the backroom team, etc. So uh, it was a lovely evening. And of course, one of the big cheers of the evening was when Kieran K stood up to go up to collect um, an All Ireland football medal, you, you, you know, <laughs> uh, the yeah. popularity of Iran cannot be underestimated when you come to Shannon side, you know. But um, it was a bit surreal seeing him coming up for a football medal, but that's what it was. He had won his All Ireland yeah. um, Masters football medal. So, congratulations to everybody. You know, it was a phenomenal success. And the whole venture in 2023 was a phenomenal success because this, this time, it was only an embryo this time, 12 months. But it grew yeah. and it grew very fast. And um, you had the right men behind the, the scenes. You had Joe Mulcahy pushing it. You had Liam Mulcahy ensuring that the publicity got out there. Then Anthony McCarthy came in and assembled the squad. Um, and by God, did they prepare diligently. But it, it has to be said that he assembled a, 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 a group of players, um, Tom, that were single-minded and were all on the one hymn sheet from the start. And um, they, they, there was a camaraderie between them that was simply phenomenal. And it was born out there the other night. So fantastic night in the Woodlands. Fantastic meal, as usual, as um, goes without saying in the Woodlands. And, um, you know, a great night overall and a fitting a fitting end to what was, you know, a dream odyssey. Uh, now, we, we've had success in the Masters in the past in hurling. And I understand that um, there is a strong possibility that we're hurling Masters next next year. And so you never know, we might be celebrating a double. But like, <laughs> That's it, yeah. uh, we hadn't won in All-Ireland in football since 1896, Tom. You weren't around that day, I'd say, but 
Um, no, nor you, Matt. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been great, around great. a good while, but not quite that long. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, it was a fantastic night, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, you know, many, congratulations, many congratulations to all the lads. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I've it's a reminder set in my phone for 10 years' time when I become eligible uh, to see can I get on the trials there. And uh, hopefully they'll be challenging for uh, more honours uh, as the years go on. And uh, hopefully we do see the revival of the hurling. I tell you, there was probably, there'll probably be a queue now for the football as well from fellas who probably didn't hear about it um, in the winter, well, this time last year. And maybe who missed out on, for whatever reason, they want to get involved because there's one thing it sounds like, it sounds like great fun. And uh, whatever about winning and all that. Oh, and, like, uh, or, you know, you, you, you have some of the you have some of the lads that are still playing with their clubs, you know, um, like Morris O'Connor is still turning out with Mount Collins, Carl O'Regan is still turning out with Comove Rovers. I think maybe one of the lads, John O'Connor, Dennis O'Connor, may still be turning out with Nakan, Ronan McGee, who's a native of Antrim, um, is turning out with Hospital Helberstown. So, you know, um, uh, some of these lads are very, very, very fit now and famous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, so uh, and don't that's... don't look to qualify to be over forty if you can judge by appearances. <laughs> it'll come, it'll come in time, I suppose. Uh very good, very good. So it's congrats for the lads enough, there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all we've time for on Treaty Talk. We thanks uh, once again to Matt for his uh, contributions and indeed to Noel Menswear for their continuous support. Of GA coverage on Sporting Limerick. We'll catch you again very soon. The impression again we get all with what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennis sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley to do that to Tomas O'Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? We have a couple of injuries. Here comes Kieran Curry. Curry leading the charge of the right brigade. 45 metres out. He's a chance to score. He's put it on. He's put it on. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody.